<clears throat> Welcome to The Adventures in Velagor! The following stories are collaborations inspired by the spirit of tabletop role-playing games such as Dungeons and Dragons. Our world, Valagorn, is of my own creation. My name is Blake Christ, and I will act as the dungeon narrator. Today's story pertains to the following heroes. Raphael Anastas Magoo, created and voiced by Greg Callahan. Vashti Whisperwind, created and voiced by Sarah Christ. And Pai Shou Wukong, created and voiced by Kenneth Glynn. The Story of the Fuku, Episode 1. Entering Civilization. Close your eyes, and let us paint a map in your mind. Valagorn is a planet with four distinct continents, a Shielda in the Western Hemisphere, Tatilda, which stretches over its northern pole, Harrenhalt, its southern, and in the Eastern Hemisphere lies Feltrorn. Separated from the elongated Feltron by the river Trachalikos is the subcontinent Oimos in the far southeast. Oimos borders the Sincintro Sea, which houses a string of smaller landmasses collectively known as Sincintronesia. Today's story takes place on Feltron. This far-stretching continent nearly cuts the two oceans, the Greater Maramos in the west and the Coulee in the east, apart from each other. If its people could see the continent from above, they would see what appears to be the skull of a shallow-beaked creature. The great lakes, Nuas and Samad, would make its nostril and giant eye, respectively. The Lingua River, which empties into the Boca Sea in the west, would make its mighty maw. Upon this creature's crown, like a giant mane, is the great Vok, the world's largest and most mysterious forest. To the people of Feltron, their forests are known as Forest, for along these sacred borders is where they lay their dead for their eternal sleep. Cut off from its great Vok mother by the Aju River is the Puske Forest. It is here, in this deep wood, we start our story. Unbeknownst to any creature about the surrounding trees lurks a leather-armored archer. His rough fur cow covers all his yellow hair except for his long mustache and thick goatee. On his back he carries a pack, a longbow, a quiver full of arrows, and on his hips two short swords. After every pair of carefully chosen steps, he scans his surroundings for sign of his quarry. Fighting nearby. The archer's bow is in his hand in a flash, and he runs toward the sound of the steep hill. There, far off, he sees them. A brown-haired man with the slender features of an elf, holding his own against a large orcish man. Come on, turn ha. around. His wish granted, the elf gets the upper hand, turning his opponent to reveal the star-shaped scar on the orc's face and his twisted tusks. It's him. With the swiftness of the wind, the arrow is notched, the bow drawn and loosed, sending the missile through the impossible shot of branches and leaves and right into the orc's left shoulder. <sighs> Who's there? The elf looks over his shoulder to find the source of the arrow, giving his assailant an opening. Frickin' a half. Laughing as he does so, the orc leaves his dagger in the elf and lumbers quickly through the forest. Our archer sprints down from his perch with a slide down the hillside. This might be my only chance at the beast. 
But if I hadn't fired at him, this elf wouldn't have lost. <coughs> Don't move. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have distracted you. I just... I want that monster dead. Do not apologize, please. I was trained better than to get distracted while engaged with an enemy. I am Panduil Harris. My name is Raphael Anastas Magoo. You can call me Raph or Magoo. Or even Anastas, I'll answer to anything. <laughs> you must be the saint of this wood. What's that? The saint? Rumor has it that there's a protector of the Puske, who helps travelers find their way through the woods. They say he is swift as a deer, silent as a fox, and has the eye of an eagle. The wood is thick here. Only the legendary saint could have made that shot. Oh, well, I suppose that must be me. But not any longer. Here, I have medicine for your wound. It will stop injections. Excuse me? The medicine will stop injections. When the cut gets scratchy and smelly. You mean infections? That's what I said, infections. With that, Raphael removes the dagger from Panduel's stomach. <clears throat> Raphael applies the green mint-scented ointment to his new friend's <coughs> wound. Ah, uh, it stings. It means it's working. I do appreciate this, Raphael. I could see in your face how much you truly wish to stop Kogrok, that you know him. The archer grabs the elf's face and pulls in close, shaking with rage. Is he known outside the forest? Will he be hard to find? Panduil takes the man's wrist in hand, and Raphael cools, taking away his grip from the elf's face. Forgive me. That beast. Kogrok. He killed the only father I knew just days ago. Magoo or Hummet. Magoo, who sheltered me, saved me from poison, which I, an idiot child, had consumed from hunger. He found me, looked for my parents and raised me when he found none. I... I witnessed his death at a distance, unable to stop it. I only heard their conversation as I approached our cave. A refusal from Magoo, and a shouting of the name Kagrok. It's all I heard before I saw this same dagger slip between Magoo's ribs. The orc didn't notice me as he left, but I saw his nasty star-cut face. Magoo, he... he garnished shortly after in my arms. As they finish speaking, going uncorrected by the elf, Raphael wraps Panduil's wound in linen, and they share silence for a moment. To answer your question, Kagrok's spine snapper has quite a reputation as a villain in the region. He should not be hard to find. He isn't as stupid as he looks, however. He has been a part of many stories of late, and he may decide to go into hiding. Then I'd best start searching. He will pay, Panduil, and I must see to it. Yet, you seem hesitant. Is it what I said? 
about your importance to the Puske. You are receptive, Elf. Yes. Many have said that I am a perceptive one. I wish you not to worry. I live near, with my family. And, if I may offer, I could take up your diligent service as Saint Protector. You would do this for me? Yes. It's the least I could do for saving me with your medicine. Well, thank you. Raphael is off, following the wide trail Kalgrok has left behind. Eventually, the trail takes him outside the forest. The openness frightens him, and at first the sun blinds him. He does not find the direction his enemy has gone, but he does come upon a road. Never have I seen a trail so easy to follow. The archer follows the road till he comes to a town. Though it is small, Raphael has never seen so many people in one place. Now our story takes us to a young country known as Lanvurkop. Well known for its training and trade in horseflesh, the country claims a fair majority of the plains known as the Vurkop Clearance. These rolling grasslands span across the southern border of the Great Vak and end at the Ranaculian Ridge in the west. It touches the Puske in the east and covers the entirety of the northern shores of Lake Somad. The clearance reaches so far west that it touches the Pissarod, a small forest that borders the Silmod to its west. Coming from Lanvurkop's hidden neighbor, the elven territory of Lysajued, Vashti Whisperwind has been following the Aju River out of the northern Puske. She has encountered several small towns and villages. The river has taken her to a road, and she has marveled at the human settlements and structures along the way, like the gristmill and Grin, and the fields of sprouting crops in Lean. While the woman who keeps herself except for her eyes completely covered in dark clothing prefers to go unnoticed, she has her curiosities. Excuse me, why do these plants grow in such uniform rows? What? Well, I grew them that way. I see. What for? Well, for food. When summer ends comes the reaping, and all the farmers will come and harvest. But it's how they lesson, so summer's just started. Do you truly not know this? Oh, I'm new to this area. Oh. Are you one of them elves what live in the forest? No, but they are quite nice. My gods, your eyes are of the purest gold. Say, what kind of creature are you? Well, thank you for your time. Good day to you. Vashti quickly carries on to the next settlement. Here is a town much larger than she has yet encountered, but from what her mentor has told her, she will find much that are larger along her journey. The townsfolk seem to be gathering towards a tavern in the middle of town. The building sign reads, The Trotter's Trough. A slender Vashti weaves into the crowd to get a closer look. There, she sees a seemingly injured human male crawling out of the circle formed by the people. Beyond that, she sees another man, with exposed furry feet. Or are they hands? He lies against a post supporting the portico of the tavern. His arms are behind his head, and a wide-brimmed, hard-straw hat covers his face. All that sticks out from under it is a bobbing strand of wheat. Next to him, a tankard full of gold and a sign. One gold, fight the monkey. Win and take the pot. The relaxed creature takes his long tail and with it grabs a gourd-made jug. The jug comes in under the hat. 
Yeah. A swig reveals the man's pink face and his neck and cheeks covered by thick blue-gray fur. He then uses the jug to tap his hat back over his face and sets it beside himself. Ah, very sweet. Excuse me. Vashti watches our woodsman step forward. Yeah, yeah, just put your coin in the cup and we'll begin. Oh, well, I actually had a question. Banana. Manana? What? Excuse me? Vanara, it's what I am, or am of. That's the most frequently asked question. Now, do you want to fight, or no? Um, well, I just thought with everyone gathered, I would pose these a question to the group. Hey Has now, any- this is Wukong's crowd, not yours. So toss a coin or buzz off. Alright, fine. Um, I have ten silver. Does that suffice? No, it's one gold to play. <clears throat> that is the current silver to gold exchange rate. Oh. Yeah, well then throw it in. With a spin, Wukong is on his feet and gives a quick jab, which Raphael deftly dodges. Oh, so you're quick! This is this is just for sport, right? We don't mean to kill each other. No, no, not intentionally. Wukong sends another jab into the archer's ah. shoulder, and Raphael feels a numbness in that arm. What barbarism? But... Holy entertaining. Between dodging blows and taking a few from the Venara, Raphael manages a massive uppercut, sending Wu Kong's hat flying. Fuck! Wow! Raphael charges while Wu Kong is distracted, but with a sidestep and an extension of his tail, Wu Kong trips the ranger. Raphael falls to his chest and slides headfirst into the post and tankard of gold. <laughs> a win! What? That's all? Yep. You fell. Them's the rules. Alright, that's it for the day. Thank you, people of Gleep. I'll be here all week, uh, but now it's drinking time. Wukong lends a hand to Raphael to help him to his feet. Without pride, the archer accepts the assistance. <laughs> Don't feel too bad. Nobody can knock me down. And that was most certainly the best fight I've had in this town. And I've been here a whole month. Why don't you join me at the trough? You can buy me around. Well, I don't have much in the way of charity, but I'll join you. You seem friendly enough. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll buy. Say, what's your name? Raphael Anastas Magoo. You can call me Raph, or Magoo, or even... Say, you haven't seen an orc recently, have you? The pair walks into the trotter's trough, and Vashti, curious how two combatants could become fast friends follows to see how things develop. Inside the tavern we find nine tables, four of which are built into the wall. Some of these are occupied by townspeople enjoying a midday meal. There are stairs leading to a second level with rooms for rent. And of course, just beyond the main entrance is a bar. It is here that we see a woman wiping down the counter. Wukong, welcome in. Was it a slow day out there? Quite the opposite, Wanda. I've a pretty good haul today. Decided to call it early in order to celebrate. Two of everything, please. Wukong, you owe me 50 gold pieces as it is. Does that cover it? The woman, aged, yet still beautiful and with a smile that speaks of a love of life, counts the coins on her counter. There's 30 here, but what the hells? I assume you're sharing with this gentleman? 
I I don't think I need one of everything. I'm not very practiced at drinking, but I'll have a drink or two. Hey, that was that was all for me. But I'd buy for him as well. Wukong, I will bring them out around at a time as always. Oh, fine. <laughs> My name is Wanda Fwent. I'm the proprietor of the trough. How do you do? I am Raphael Anastas Magoo. I do just fine. You may call me Rap, or Magoo, or Anastas. I, I think I like the sound of Raf just fine. Can I offer you boys something to eat as well? Liquid lunch for me. Oh, Wukong, you're lucky you're funny. And though I don't much approve of violence, his little show out there is good for business. Before he showed up, I was usually pretty empty during the afternoons. As Wanda prepares the first drinks for the two men, and talks to no one in particular, Vashti comes to sit at the other end of the bar and silently observe them. Hello, darling. How are we today? I'm quite well, thank you. What may I serve you? Mm, I would love some water. And something to eat, please? Something without meat, if possible. I just so happen to have some roasted vegetables and cheese. Altogether, it'd be nine coppers. Oh. Oh, no. Well, I don't have any coin. I'm sorry, love, but these things cost money. Oh, I am so sorry. I'm new to this uh, way of life. I... I will leave now. Oh, no, no. Water, I most certainly can do. Oh, thank you so much. I've been traveling such a long way. I'll tell you what. Why don't you help me out around here tonight, clean up the tables after the customers, and I'll make sure you're well-fed and have a place to sleep for the night. That is very kind. Thank you. Welcome to Galeep. I think you'll find most are pretty friendly around here. What's your name, young one? I am Vashti Whisperwind, but I assure you, I wouldn't be considered young by your standards. Oh, oh, well, forgive me. Those with fey ancestry are hard for me to read. I shouldn't assume. Interesting. What do you know of the fey? Not much. Only the elves are descended from them, the ancient Silvar and all that. Mostly things folks have overheard from the delegates of Lysa Joed. Oh, I've been there just recently. Very kind people. As Miss Flint fills glasses, the door of the trotter's trough swings open. A man of advanced age enters. He rings a cap in his hands, and he approaches the bar. Hello there, Wanda. Been some time. Why, Gunter Ficht, what brings you to town? How's that little Elliot of yours been doing? <laughs> That's just the thing, really. My poor Elliot. She's been missing for two whole days now. I ain't knowing what to do, so I come from the village to find some of the militia boys. I, I thought I'd come in here to make sure I was had my composure. But gods, what a wreck I am. Oh, Gunter, I'm so sorry. I'll help you, don't you worry. We'll go over to the butchery and grab Nat Daniel. He'll gather up some men. Excuse me. You don't know me, but have you any idea where your daughter might have gone? I think she might have wandered off into the Felteep wood. Right beyond the village there. I keep on telling her not to go a-messin' round in that wood. Oh, that's terrible. That poor girl. The longer away from the trail, the farther away she may be. Don't you think I know that? But I can't find her myself. These old legs wouldn't take me far. And then we'd both be gone forever. No one is blaming you for finding help. 
I'm sorry. I meant no offense. No, no, he was just saying someone ought to get started. Uh, what do you say, Ralph? Let's go looking for her. Yes, I suppose this would be a good use of my skills. Really? Y'all would help me that way? Complete strangers and all? Of course we will. Oh, we'll need another first. All right. Gunter, why don't you take these boys to Felteep and show them where you last saw Ellet. I'll close up for the rest of the day and go to Nat Daniel. Wanda, I know I promised to help you this evening, but I think I could be of more use assisting these men. I think it's wonderful you want to help Ellet. I would never keep you from that. Thank you all. Um, well, let's start walking. Gunter's village of Felteep is a mile and a half southwest of Galip. On the way, the old man speaks about his daughter's curious nature. It don't seem to matter how many times I must tell her. Ellie wants to know what goes on in dim woods. I tell her it's dangerous in there. Why do you think the woods so dangerous? Do you not honor your natural havens? Well, besides the obvious dangers, such as wolves and the like, many folk think Felteep Wood is full of haunts. What? Hmm. Would you say it is more precocious than the Puske? Why, man? I wouldn't care to say, given I ain't never been there, but I'd hate to see her running around a forest either. Is everyone just gonna ignore that he said this place was haunted? Oh, look at the trees. They grow in such straight rows, and by their lonesome, how peculiar. That there's the Felteep Orchard. We're well known for our apples. This land's been in my family since about as long as land viewer cops been a country. Albeit, that's only been a few generations. Yeah, I just, I just gonna ignore it. Eventually, our friends arrive at Mr. Fick's home, a cottage adjacent to the woods in question. The road in which they follow leads up to the house and then through this patch of nature. Here is an arched trellis with roses weaving through it that the villagers built over the road in order to mark the entryway of Felteep Wood. This is it? It is so small. It's three square miles. Are you sure she is lost in there? I see clear paths. Well, ain't nobody seen her running around the village. The last I saw her, she was playing right there next to the entrance to the wood. Then I went into the house for a touch and came back to call Ellet for a meal, and when she wasn't, I, I thought she'd just gone playing with the other children. I, I went back inside to warm food. I ain't knowing if she's been eating anything. Ah, damn it. Well, it might be slow going, but let's get moving. We should go it ourselves, old one. You will slow down the search. Beg pardon? Yeah, that was freaking cold, Rafi. I'm only trying to be honest. You really think I'd let you strangers go on and look for my daughter while I do nothing? Please, Gunter, forgive his bluntness. Please think as well. Perhaps it would be best if you were to stay here, for the case that she may return while we search. Oh, I suppose I haven't thought of it that way. All right, I'll stay. I am sorry. Just go find her, will you? Gunter then stamps off to his home, grumbling as he does so. Damn, man. 
You can't treat distraught people that way. I truly don't understand. Usually, when I help people, they're very thankful. You made them feel useless, and that's not cool. What does this have to do with temperature? Wukong, I think, much like myself, Raphael has little experience with the goings-on of people. Well, shit. I don't know much about these people either, but come on. Have a little empathy, man. This guy has lost the person he loves the most. Maybe permanently. You think I haven't lost? I have, and he is gone preeminently. So close. Raphael then shoves his supposed friend. Not suspecting the blow, Wukong falls to the ground. Using his back as a spring, the Venara leaps back up and into a fighting stance. Raphael goes to push him again, but Wukong gets ready to retaliate. Vashti, with arms out as wide as she can, steps between them. Both of you must stop. We are allies in this, and a child is in need. Now come. Let us see what we can find. Vashti then heads for the woods. Vashti, wait. Our search should start here, where she was last seen. Let's look around for a moment. The trio split up and search the surrounding area. And about the time that Vashti finds a tiny doll just past the trellis, Wukong takes a hefty swig from his gourd which he has tied to his staff. Then the Venara approaches Raphael. Look, I might have been a bit rough back there. The first thing I remember is loss. I lost my parents. Like I said, it was a dick thing to say. I just want you to understand, Wukong. My parents, that was in the past. But I've only come to... Um... Mil militarization, militarization, because... What? You, you know where all the people and buildings are. Oh, civilization. Exactly. What I'm saying is, I left the Puske, my home, because the murderous orc Kogrok killed the man who raised me. While we track this child, that trail goes cold. I see. It is for the hope that this man might not need to experience loss that I am here at all. I may come off crass, but I don't mean to. Well, I'll drink to that. And Wukong. Yeah? I knocked you down. <laughs> yeah, I suppose you did. But can we really call that fair? Ah, but you said no one can knock you down. I don't recall you saying anything about how. Look what I've found. I believe it belongs to the young Elit. It was beyond that marker, just in the woods. In Vashti's wrapped hands lies a doll made of primarily of straw. It is painted to have blue eyes and wears a dress of rough red fabric. A fine find. That is our trailhead. As they turn to pass through the flower-adorned portcullis, they see a small, dark moss-patched creature peek from behind it. Its hunched head and floppy ears turn to its right, and then to its left, where its yellow eyes meet those of our onlooking heroes. <coughs> With surprise, the creature trips into a roll and pops up on the village side of the trellis. It then reaches into the thorns, and a light like shimmering glass fills the entirety of the archway. The creature then dives through the glass with a ripple rather than a shatter. What on the nines just happened? Was that a shmoogala? Arugula? Wait, are you asking? It's one of the many fae of the Wunderwelt. Oh, really? Well, what is she talking about? I have no idea. Perhaps we should follow it. All right. 
Wukong runs toward the trellis and bounces back hard from the rippling glass, landing on the ground. Everybody, go around. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> the party looks around the portal and down the road through the woods. There, about thirty feet away, they see the Schmuggler, rolling on the ground, laughing next to yet another portal. Raphael pulls out his bow. I don't think that'll be necessary. Should we not engage it? Yes, but I don't think it means us harm. Do you think it may have taken the child? Mm, more likely, it led her away for a bit of fun. But if we heard it, we won't be able to ask if that were the case. As they converse, the Schmuggler's long moss-covered arm reaches out from the portal behind them and grabs at the gourd on Wukong's staff. Oi, that's mine! The Schmuggler pulls its arm back to itself and then takes off down the road. After it! Did you hit it, Wukong? Yeah, it tried to steal my gourd! Little dick! It's just water, man! <laughs> oh no! This is much more valuable than that. It's the last of my rice wine. You can't just get that anywhere. Besides, I made the gourd myself. They run down the road a ways and soon find that they have lost the creature. The archer notches an arrow. Vashti backs up to her new friends, and Wukong rubs a rabbit's foot attached to his staff. Does anyone see them? No, not yet, but will they attack us? I think it likely. Who wants to rub my foot? I mean the rabbit foot. Why would you keep such a thing? Oh, it's good luck. While there is still daylight, the wood is dark, and the group of four wolves are not seen until two jump out of the brush and attack Raphael. He looses his arrow, hitting one in its shoulder, while the other bites his leg. <laughs> Another wolf attacks Vashti, and the last attacks Wukong. As the wolf's maw clamps down on Vashti's arm, the others hear the sound of cracking wood. Wukong manages a sidestep, and as the wolf runs by, Wukong whips it with his tail. As the wolf turns round to attack the Venara again, Wukong swings his quarterstaff, jug and all, over his head and onto the skull of the canine. Then he spins and kicks it in the face. Take that, you shit awful! Forgive me, Paul. Vashti closes her eyes in a quick prayer while holding her staff to her forehead. The staff takes on a soft glow. He then attempts to strike a wolf, but misses. The two wolves attack Raphael again, both managing a bleeding fight. Ah, frackin' frack! Raphael sweeps his bow like a long club and manages to trip the previously shot wolf, which falls on the arrow, simultaneously snapping off its feathered end and sending it deeper into the beast's chest. The wolf does not get back up. The other two wolves attack Vashti and Wukong again. The one barely misses Vashti, but the other pounces on the Venara, pushing him off his balance and sending him on his back. Down again, eh? Remember, I was the first. The wolf atop Wukong then bites deeper into his shoulder. <coughs> the Venara's eyes roll, and then close. No! No! Wukong! Vashti kneels next to Wukong, her mind taken from the battle. She lays her hands on him. She closes her eyes, and a tear runs down her cheek. Wukong's eyes spring open. <gasps> Meanwhile, Raphael is overtaken by two of the wolves, and his consciousness too succumbs. The other wolf then snaps at Vashti's face, but Wukong manages a fist with his prehensile foot and gives a swift kick from his back, sending the attacker's teeth safely away. Wukong uses the momentum from his kick to get back on his feet. Raph's in trouble! All three wolves rear back and lunge at Wukong. He holds them off as Vashti crawls to Raphael. We still need this one, goddess. The archer's eyes open. 
Raphael gets to his feet and draws his swords. Wukong smashes the end of his staff into the skull of the wolf that has its jaws around his ankle. Raphael thrusts and slashes at the other two. These hits land hard. As Raphael goes to attack once more, a wolf comes and snaps at his face. It is stopped short, however, by Vashti's staff. The wood produces a dim burst of light on impact as she smacks the wolf to the ground. As Vashti falls to her knees... Raphael pierces one wolf deep in its side and watches the creature's life swiftly leave its eyes. Wukong swings his quarterstaff and the flail-like gourd smacks the remaining wolf's mouth hard enough to crack away its teeth. Badly injured and seeing that its packmates are dead, the wolf runs off with its tail between its legs. Wukong cocks his arm back with a dart. Let it go. The danger has passed. But that little bastard nearly broke my ankle. I only got two of them, and I really want to Wukong and Raphael notice their friend weeping with her head and hands. Raphael kneels beside her. It had to be done, Vashti. They would have killed us. And they nearly did. You saved our asses. I... I've never killed before. Well, the first is always hard, but... But nothing... My goddess, Peul, teaches non-violence. Do you understand? I think so. Though I don't know how we could have avoided this. There could have been another way. Would you like a sweet from my jug? No. Thank you, Wukong. It always helps me. I think we should take some time to recompense ourselves. Recompense? Um... Well, we should probably rest a while. I could use a sit. The trio sit next to the road with their backs propping each other up so that they may see oncoming trouble. Vashti prays, chanting in her own tongue. Raphael whittles a chunk of wood, and Wukong drinks, which leads to questions. Yum, yum. What the nonsense is she saying over there? I'm not certain. Sounds like elvish, but I can't quite make it out. Funny. It kind of sounds like Vanaran, too. But I have no idea what she's saying. Thursday! What are you saying? Wukong, I think you're being rude. Can't you see she's recompensing? No, no, I don't think that's right either. Dang it. What does this word mean? Just be quiet and let her do whatever she's doing. All right. Rav? Yes? About this guy. He killed your daddy, right? Kargrok. He killed Magoo, the man who raised me. Why? Well, I was just thinking. Maybe after this I'll help you find him. Really? Yeah. You're putting yourself out there, trying to save this little girl. You deserve someone to help you. Well, thank you, Wukong. I will gladly have your help. Do you have experience in tracking? No, but I do know how to hurt a guy. <laughs> That's all well and good. But remember, Kagrok is mine. Makes sense. The three continue recuperating, and their search for the young Elet Ficht will continue next time on The Adventures in Valagon. This episode of The Adventures in Valagon would not have been possible without the vocal talents of our cast. Of course, we have our heroes. Raphael Anastas Magoo, created and voiced by Greg Callahan. Vashti Whisperwind, created and voiced by Sarah Christ. Pai Sho Wukong, 
created and voiced by Kenneth Glenn. The remaining cast in order of appearance is as follows. Cogrock Spine Snapper, created by Greg Callahan and voiced by Blake Christ. Panduil Harris, created by Greg Callahan and voiced by Christopher Sims. The Farmer, voiced by Christopher Sims. Man and Crowd, voiced by Blake Christ. Wanda Flint, voiced by Sarah Daly. Gunter Ficht, voiced by Christopher Sims. Gula the Schmugula, voiced by Blake Christ. And of course, I am Blake Christ, your dungeon narrator. Thank you all for listening. Here is a special thanks to the community of freesound.org for our sound effects needs. The Adventures in Valagorn is a proud production of FictionWorks 19. We plan to return to you with more adventure on the 19th of each month. In the meantime, like, follow, share, subscribe, comment, review, and check up on us through Facebook or the FictionWorks 19 Instagram page. Hey there, Couch Potatoes. Faceless Leon here to tell you about FictionWorks 19's other show, Green and Faceless on the Couch, where we, being myself and the Green Traveler, talk about being space aliens and amorphic beings, but mostly about movies and TV. Please check it out at fictionworks19.podbean.com. You can also find all of FictionWorks 19's shows on YouTube. Please enjoy.